age cannot wither her, nor custom stale her infinite variety. Hey there, and welcome to Her Infinite Variety, the podcast that covers Shakespeare from a feminist perspective. I'm your host, Aaron Grunfeld, an obsessive fan of Shakespeare's plays. One thing almost everybody knows about Shakespeare is that he didn't work with women. In London 400 years ago, all the female roles were played by boys, and a woman didn't go on stage in one of Shakespeare's plays until almost 50 years after he died. To balance the scales, on her infinite variety, I speak to the women in New York who are producing Shakespeare's plays. The actors, directors, designers, critics, and academics who bring Shakespeare to life in 21st century New York City. The adaptation of Shakespeare's plays started to happen around the same time that women were allowed on stage in England, the 1660s. It's a tradition that's evolved over the centuries and produced its share of masterpieces, like the musical West Side Story and the samurai film Throne of Blood. Some plays get reworked more often than others, though, so I was surprised to learn that a New York City musical took its framework from the gnarly problem comedy Measure for Measure. Last season, the York Theatre presented Desperate Measures, set in the Wild West, and the show recently moved to an open run off-Broadway. So, I decided to learn more about the adaptation from one of its leads, Lauren Molina. Lauren has a strong bio in musical theater, Sondheim on Broadway, and starred in two of my favorite musicals of the 20-teens, Nobody Loves You at Second Stage and The Fortress of Solitude at The Public. She's a soprano who also plays a mean cello, and she does the cabaret circuit as a member of the Skivvies. So, we sat down and started talking about how Desperate Measures draws on Measure for Measure. Desperate Measures is loosely based on Measure for Measure. It starts in the Wild West, where Johnny Blood is sentenced to hang for shooting a man in a bar fight in self-defense. So we start the show, and he's in jail. Johnny's in jail, and this sheriff comes to him to say, is there anyone who can plead for your life? And Johnny Blood says, well, you know, my parents are both dead, but, you know, I have a long-lost sister. I don't know where she could be. So the sheriff tracks his sister down, and she's actually about to become a nun. So there's a there's an immediate similarity to Measure for Measure. And he says to the sheriff, if you think I might be helpful, I'll go. So she goes to the governor and asks for a pardon. And the governor says, I have been hired to govern this state. And if I break my vow, then you have to break your vow of chastity. So she leaves and the sheriff says, well, time out. What if you say yes to the governor and then in the dark, we switch you out with a girl who can act like you and do the deed. So that's where my character comes into play. I play a saloon girl who is used to sleeping with men. So basically I am taught to be a nun. And I eventually do the deed. And then, obviously, madness ensues. What they've done to adapt it from measure for measure is rake through it to make storylines less complicated and much easier to follow as far as who is who and who wants what. There's a double wedding at the end, so it's very Shakespeare. It's also written in rhyming couplets. So that's a nod to Shakespeare as well. Sometimes it's an iambic pentameter, and other times it's 
just in couplets. It really perks up your ear to make you feel like you're listening to Shakespeare, but, you know, with more contemporary language. But with this unseasonable weather, my resolve is showing gaps. It does feel sort of barren and that anything could happen and that it is a new territory. And so these characters are all unpredictable. Everything is calculated by the sheriff who is kind of quietly manipulating this plot and putting everything together. But it is a comedy, and it's simplified into the archetypes of what these roles are. You know, the trope of the nun being this sort of stern virgin. Everything is black and white, and she doesn't want to compromise herself in the plot of it all. But ultimately, she caves because... She wants to help her brother. Even the idea of lying about somebody taking her place is upsetting to her. But then you have on the other side, the saloon girl who is this free spirit and sex positive and some rules are meant to be broken. And she's a strong woman who is actually planning for the future. I should mention that Johnny Blood, who's sentenced to hang, is also her boyfriend. So there's another twist. So she's turning her tricks to make money, to save up for a farm with Johnny, to have a family. And so she's actually got a head on her shoulders. She's a working girl with a plan. And I, I like how that turns it on its head. In addition to setting the action in the Wild West, the creators of Desperate Measures have streamlined Shakespeare's plot into a story that needs only six performers. The cast has two women, Lawrence Bell and Sarah Parnicki as Susanna, and their roles are a nun and a prostitute. I asked Lauren how the show depicts these two women in their social roles and in their relationship with each other. One of my favorite things is the connection of these two women. And in my first scene with Susanna, we meet in my dressing room backstage at the saloon where she proposes the idea of taking her place to sleep with the governor to save her brother slash my lover. And so in this, the nun is clearly uncomfortable in this situation, but I'm immediately open and eager. But then she says, there's just one caution. If you're being me, you must conduct yourself appropriately. Then she goes on to sing a song about how you have to behave as a nun. I try to ease her worries. It's really the energy of both of us because my character is such a funny, clowny, free spirit, and she's the opposite. It almost feels a little bit like in Guys and Dolls with Adelaide and Sarah Brown. Another scene we have is later on after, after the deed is done, the governor still won't give the pardon because the night of passion he experienced with me was the greatest night of his life. And so he now won't give Johnny's pardon unless Sister Mary Jo marries him. And so there's the plot twist. So my scenes with Susanna, we're trying to figure out a way to ease each other's worries and figure out the plan and make each other confident and realize that we're more similar than what appears on the outside. There's a lot of girl power in this show, even though there's only two women. And I think that just goes to show 
it's uh, sort of a man's world and women are still trying to make their power known and respected. I'm always interested in talking about the gender gap in theater. And since I've never worked much in musical theater, I was curious to hear more of Lauren's perspective on the industry. They're getting better. I think now is the time for writers, young and old, to create more roles for women. I do think that we have seen a shift and seen more and more, but still not not enough. I mean, if you look at a cast, for the most part, there's going to be more men than women. And I think that there has been a culture shift to really recognize women more and more in the theater, not only on stage in wonderful, juicy roles for women, and not only just white women, but women of color, women of disability, but also to put women in creative team roles, because it makes such an impact in the entire production, you know, the influence and the ideas from a feminist point of view. So I do think that day by day, it is getting better and bringing attention to it is the first step. But I I definitely think that there have been some wonderful female roles recently. I slept with another guy just for you. Shot a man and watched him die just for you. Dressed myself up like a nun. Sounds like you had lots of fun, but I'm in jail for what I've done just just for you. You You say that that you love me. In Adapting Measure for Measure, this Wild West love story uses a plot device called the bed trick. In this scenario, one woman is swapped for another in a nighttime tryst. Boccaccio, writing in the 14th century, loved the bed trick. It's all over the Decameron. But from a modern point of view, the twist is bizarre. The governor's sexual blackmail, on the other hand, is very familiar. And I asked Lauren how audiences have reacted to the governor's threat. Well, I have to say that right now, with our current political climate, it's resonating. In fact, when we were doing the show at the York Theater back in the fall, we found that right after the Harvey Weinstein allegations came out, the audiences were having even more of a visceral reaction to the grotesque nature of the governor approaching Susanna in that lecherous way and how real it is. And then in the end, it's the women who prevail and the women who take down the governor, even though it's sort of the sheriff manipulation. It is indeed the women who execute the plan successfully. So it feels very Stormy Daniels in a way. Moving the subject to Shakespeare, I asked Lauren whether she'd ever performed in any of his plays. Well, I have, but it's been a minute. I I performed in college. I was Brutus in Caesar, and I one of my most favorite things I've ever done was a Hamlet where I was one of the players playing my cello like as an extension of Ophelia's voice. So I wasn't Ophelia, but I was dressed in her same colors. Whenever she was on stage, I would be somewhere on stage in the castle, like in the background, and I would improvise cello lines to be an extension of her voice. Lauren's wheelhouse is musical theater. She starred in a few unconventional productions of Sondheim's work. In 2005, her Broadway debut, she played her cello while acting in Sweeney Todd. More recently, she performed a two-person version of Marry Me a Little. So rather than ask her about gender-swapped roles in Shakespeare the way I usually do, I asked her about her male dream roles in musicals. Whenever I think of musicals, my brain suddenly goes to Sondheim because I feel like Sondheim is the Shakespeare of musical theater. But I feel like his roles in general are kind of 
gender specific. However, I feel like there could be a really amazing Sweeney Todd with a woman as Sweeney, like a Fiona Shaw. Lauren is playing Bella in Desperate Measures in an open-ended run at New World Stages in Hell's Kitchen. Alongside her observations, we heard clips of her singing in the show. Thanks very much to Lauren Molina for speaking with me. I appreciate your listening to this shorter episode of Her Infinite Variety. Our theme music is The Crystals to Do Ron Ron, and we're closing this episode with Loretta Lynn's Ode to Family Planning, The Pill. I'm Aaron Grunfeld, and this has been Her Infinite Variety. Thanks for listening. Gone by, another baby's come. There's gonna be some changes made right here on Nursery Hill. You set this chicken your last time, cause now I've got the pill.